Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bell is here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a little football and a little basketball to talk about as Wisconsin men basketball gets ready to tip off their season Tuesday night. So we'll recap the Rutgers game, which was a lot of fun to watch. Got to see a lot of different guys. Saw pretty much the entirety of the bench uh, able to work into that game, which is always fun to see. Haven't had a chance to see a lot of that. Uh, so far this season, so we'll talk about our just overall takeaways and uh, who stood out in that regard. And in the back half of the show, we'll get into some basketball talk, um, just talk about overall expectations of the season, what we think um, the, the team might look like. Of course, such a new-look roster, it's hard to really know quite what this team will be as they get ready to tip off Tuesday night, but we'll try and give you guys a little bit of a preview into this young and hopefully fun uh, Wisconsin basketball team. So it should be a nice full episode for you guys to get the week started. Matt, how are you today? I'm doing great. Yeah, no, that Rutgers game was a lot of fun. Um, I'm one of those sickos who gets really into um, reserves and watching that. Just like when you go to practice, that's like the more interesting part is the future oftentimes for me. So that was uh, it was awesome to see Wisconsin be able to clear the benches um, on the road and against a Big Ten opponent. So a big win. And I'm also really excited to see what this basketball team looks like. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Yeah, I think those type of games are such a morale booster for, for everyone on the team. It's been a long season. You're getting into November now. Everybody's kind of banged up. And, of course, Wisconsin's bye week was weeks ago. So for everyone to kind of get in, play this type of game, I think really sets them up well for um, moving down to this home stretch the last quarter of the season here um, with everybody kind of riding high, of course, on a five-game winning streak. But even those, you know, practice squad guys that, you know, have been working every working every week to maybe – possibly get a couple snaps for them to really – it wasn't just the, the the backups. It was the twos and the threes and, and guys that you didn't really expect to see, which is which is good. So I think uh, that should be a lot of fun. And, yeah, the basketball team is uh, – I'm getting more and more excited as we get closer. Um, I know Wisconsin basketball has had some ups and downs. It's going to be nice to see them just get back on the court and hopefully um, you know flourish as a young and exciting team to watch. But why don't we go ahead – we don't really have much news, so why don't we go ahead and get right into – this Rutgers recap because we've got the basketball on the back end. What were your just kind of overall takeaways um, from this game before we kind of get into the offense and defensive side of things? Overall, I thought the team looked really crisp. I, I think they got off to a slow start for that first initial drive, but then from there they just 
absolutely blew the doors off Rutgers and didn't look back, which was nice to see. We've seen, um, you know, teams the past five years or so struggled to absolutely just pull away at times. This was not one of those games, and, and Rutgers has looked a lot better this year. So for Wisconsin to, to kind of just step on their throats and finish it was really exciting to see, and I was more impressed by the fact that the reserves kind of kept that momentum going all game long, and they didn't um, relent either. So overall, about as good as you can get. Passing game looked better. Um, the big thing that kind of, you know, t- you know, kind of dampered some of it was some of the injuries that I'm sure we're going to talk about here. But, but man, overall, one of the best performances they've had all year and, and really a, a sign of what maybe this team can do these last three weeks. Yeah, I think that was the type of game that uh, it just felt good to see a lot of those other places. I mean, every week we talk about the defense kind of flourishing and, and playing well. That's when we were talking off air, you know, we can talk about the defense and of course we will, but really it's the same conversation every week. This group is just really dominant, but it was nice to see, you know, last Thursday we talked about the wide out room and which guy was going to step up. It was nice to see all three with Pryor and, and DK and, and Danny Davis all getting involved there. It was nice to see Graham Mertz clearly pick up some confidence and and really feel like he's progressing forward. I mean, each of the each week he's gotten some weeks a little bit slowly, you know, a, a little bit better. But I think this was a really big confidence game for him. So really across the board, everything went well for Wisconsin outside of like you mentioned the injuries, which thankfully from the sounds of it um, early on, I know in Paul Chris Presser today he kind of touched on it didn't really go super in-depth, but I don't think it's as serious with Malusi and Jack Nelson as originally feared. I think uh, I think every Wisconsin fan, rightfully, you know, when those injuries happened, thought they were going to be significant, maybe even year-ending injuries. It doesn't look like that right now. Fingers crossed that it stays that way. So um, that was really the only negative. Otherwise, it was just, you know, from the coaching staff, I thought they called a really good game offensively. I thought the defense played, and you know, not only the starters, like you mentioned, the reserves worked their way in, continued to have that same energy. Special teams was, I mean, of course, there was the missed kick, but otherwise, no, no glaring issues there. So those are the type of game, those are the games you want to have. You know, anytime you win a game 52 to three, it's hard to really um, take any negatives. And, and thankfully, this Wisconsin team came out and just continues to take care of business, which is what you wanted to see. You wanted to see them take that lead and then just continue to push it, and that's what they did. Yeah, I mean, I, I think an easy place to start for the offense is probably Graham Mertz, right? Like, I, I thought that, like you mentioned, I thought Paul Chris put together a game plan that, that you know, equipped him well and set him up for success. They took advantage of slants, something he's been – that's the route that he has been on all year long. Outside of the one interception that he threw against Notre Dame, where that play was pretty telegraphed because they had ran it three or four other times, um, that duo slants on both sides where you've got a guy on the inside and the guy on the outside both running slants, and you pick which guy you want. Um, he, he was money with those, and, and that was great to see that, you know, they're finding – um, ways to kind of get him those easy throws. And then it was also nice to see them really use play action and Mertz being able to deliver. He had a couple really nice throws there. There was one bootleg where he missed. There was the, the one interception. 
option early on, but those were right away in the game. And then you saw him kind of settle in and, and it was, a you know, the light went on and that was really exciting to see. He had plenty of time from the offensive line, but um, you know, this was, I think his best performance of the year by a long, by a long shot. It really isn't close. Um, and if, if he can complete passes at a similar rate where it's 68%, you can live with, with one interception if you've got a couple touchdowns in there as well. Um, and, but he, he just gave his receivers the chance to make a play that, that toss to, to Kendrick Pryor was, was nice because he just threw it up and trusted, Hey, this guy's going to win this ball. I think back to Jack Cohn, he, he trusted Quintez Cephas to win one-on-ones frequently with back shoulder throws. And we haven't seen that all the time, but that throw I think really did display some trust in his wide receivers and they went up and made the play. And then Danny Davis making the most out of that one um, broken tackle and just taking it to the house. Those are the plays that this team um, has kind of missed in the passing game. And, And I think that that's, this kind of movement is positive not only for the wide receiver room, but obviously Mertz, who is still a young kid. Hopefully he continues to play better. Um, I, I think that the the ability to run the ball has really helped him a lot because it takes some of the pressure off of that offensive line, off of him, and um, hopefully this recipe can continue because it was a really balanced attack. Yeah, I think that's the the big point is that it's a balanced attack because as you move forward here, you've still got you know some tough games on the schedule. You've got Northwestern. You have uh, a battle with Minnesota, which very well could decide um, the Big Ten West, and then you you get to that Big Ten title game and into a bowl game. Uh, you you have to have some sort of balanced attack. I mean, right now this you know for for the first few weeks this team was just bludgeoning teams with a running game and and strong defense, but. The, to have a balanced attack um, offensively, that's something you wanted to work towards. And it seems like every week, I think, not only has Graham Mertz gained his confidence back and and, and gotten better each week, uh, I think also the offensive play calling and, and Paul Chris and, and the offensive staff have felt more comfortable um, in giving him more opportunities week in and week out. I mean, this was by far the most balanced they've had. 305 rushing yards. They could have probably ran it for even more and just kept slamming it down. Um, uh, on Rutgers and picking up, you know, 8.3 yards per play. It's hard to really, um, you know, knock anything there. But they could have easily just won this game, keeping it on the ground and doing, you know, the 8 to 10 passing attempts like they did uh, against Purdue, but they didn't. And, and I think that bodes well uh, for Graham Mertz as they move forward because it, I'm not going to sit here and say the passing game is going to be something where teams are, are scared of, of Graham Mertz in the passing game right now. That would be um, a stretch, but at least it, that threat is somewhat there now, and I think that's going to be really important moving forward. Um, but you could definitely tell that he, he was much more confident. I think he had some, some good zip on his balls, but also some good touch. Uh, I mean, he's got the tools. They might be a little raw, but I think they're getting better, and each week throughout this winning streak, he's improved, and, and that's huge, not only for his confidence, but for this offense moving forward, because I think if you want to win these big games in, in late November and in the postseason, you've got to have some sort of, of of a passing attack. And right now, it looks like they're at least building towards having something that, as at least, um, has to keep a defense honest. Yeah, and, and you look at you look at the stats here. They had a 25 yarder, a 72 yarder, a 25 yarder, a 29 yarder, a 22 yarder. Those are the the types of chunk plays that really this offense was missing for large chunks of the year. So to get those, they also had a, a touch, a phantom touchdown called back after that uh, motion penalty on Shimre DK. I just thought that was a terrible call. Um, you see those types of plays happen day in and day out on Saturdays. So. 
for them to call that there was really ticky-tack and didn't like it. But overall, I, I thought the passing game looked really good. Young guy Marcus Allen got involved late in the game. I thought he looked really good. Um, and then gives you a glimpse of the future, maybe him and DK next year. But overall, I think past the game much better. Um, and just hopefully they can continue to keep that going. But, but I really just think a big part of it was just their ability to dominate on the ground. Um, they had a lot of running backs get involved in, and take advantage of opportunities. Uh, so let's maybe pivot that way. Yeah, I think the running game is the other one to stand out. I mean, you look at the, the numbers from this game, really Braylon Allen – it, that was a very quiet 129 yards. I mean, he was definitely not 100% in that game, feeling a little banged up um, you know, with that leg injury and, and kind of working through that. Still put together 8.6 yards of carry, 129 yards, which it did not seem like that. I mean, he was having a good game, and same with Ches Malusi, 75 yards and a touchdown, but Braylon Allen just um, you know, quietly put together those big numbers week in and week out. You know, he's hitting that 100-yard mark, and that's part due to the, the offensive line is really starting to click and, and play the way Wisconsin offensive lines like to do. But even, you know, we'll talk about, you know, get into the reserves a little bit uh, as well, but even the guys when they came in, you know, Julius Davis, Jackson Aker, um, you know, all those guys that got in for carries, I think they all took, and, you know, we talked about the reserves, didn't really miss a beat. I think offensively that was true as well. So that's a welcome sign because you come into, of course, this week, Ches Malusi banged up. I don't know if he's going to be able to go. So you're going to see some other guys in Braylon Allen while um, you know, played and still probably going to be banged up throughout this week. So it's going to be important to have some of that depth there. So this running game is, is really clicking. We've seen it you know, be great you know, for, for five straight weeks now. And, and, and they're just dominating, and that's the way Wisconsin wants to play. And when you have the passing game that we talked about, um, it really helps that running game uh, when that passing game – or, sorry, excuse me, helps the passing game when that run game's clicking, and we're seeing that uh, full force right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think the thing that shifted this entire season is Braylon out at this point. Like, Absolutely. You, you, you see what he does game in and game out five straight games with over 100 yards. And I know that stat of Anthony Davis, you know, what he did as a freshman, redshirt freshman, was thrown out there about a billion times on social media and on the broadcast, um, which, I mean, if he didn't have some of the off the field and injury stuff that happened to him in his career, I I think he would have had a a completely different Mm -hmm. uh, mark on the program just based off of just how talented he was. But Braylon Allen right now is playing at a different level. You you mentioned 8.6 yards per carry in this game, 7.1 on the year in limited touches. So he's a guy that when they brought him in, Teams had to respect the run game because they saw what this kid could do. It opened up the pass game. It's opened up a lot of different things for this offense, and it's made everybody look good because he is very talented. Even even a little banged up, you know, he, he mentioned that he was um, a, a little nicked, but at this point of the year, everybody is. Like, that. you're just – this is in-season healthy, right? Like, where you are playing through some stuff, the bumps and the bruises. And so – but but I just think he brings a different element to this offense that they just didn't have. And I think that's really the biggest difference. Um, for, you know, it coincides with the offensive line playing better, a little bit better play from Graham Mertz, a lot of better – a lot better play this week. But but I just think that the common denominator is Braylon Allen and what he's been doing. Um, but let's put some respect on Grover Bordelotti, man. Like, that was – that was a, you know, a Herculean effort coming up – coming from a kid who's – true freshman who was the only reason he was there according to the grit factory twitter account um if for those of you who don't follow a hat out there on uh social media 
Ilya, you're you're missing out. But the only reason he was there was because he was also the backup long snapper, and and he goes off and rattles out 9.6 yards a carry in five attempts. And uh, so I, those are the very cool stories. You know, it's it reminds you kind of of Matthew Nerdle and and chanting his name at old Badger games. But I thought Wisconsin a lot of depth in that running back room and kind of showed out after you saw so many bodies leave to see guys like Julius Davis, Jackson Acker, who also played a little fullback, get involved. Um, I, I think that's positive for the development of each of those guys and gives them some confidence, especially if Malusi's banged up, like you mentioned. Yeah, I think going into this week, you have to expect to maybe see uh, even a little bit more Julius Davis than you, you saw last week. So um, all those guys, you know, stepping up when they, when, they, when they get their shot. That might be when you look at you, you maybe you blow out a Northwestern uh, this week and then maybe then get some snaps, but that's never a guarantee. And when it's Northwestern, uh, it's always one of those ugly games most of the time. So this is their opportunity to maybe get some snaps because early in the season, you, you had the Notre Dame game, which was a non-conference tight game. So the opportunities to work themselves, um, you know, work some reserves in hasn't quite been there. Uh, so to see them go out there and, and get their shot and take advantage of it is, is always the cool sight um, and, and really makes this, this team a lot of fun to watch. Like you mentioned earlier, it's fun to get a glimpse in the future of what this program has, and I think a lot of guys um, really played well um, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, transition over to defense, I mean, what more can you really say about this unit? I mean, just another dominating effort, uh, a couple of picks. Noah Burks nearly had a pick six. Of course, Caesar Williams with – one of the easier pick sticks, I mean, just the ball floated right to him. And that was really, I think, the play that kind of flipped this game from, you know, last week with Iowa, you, you had those games where, you know, Wisconsin was in control um, and, and was winning the game but wasn't quite blowing it open. And then I think that Caesar Williams pick six just kind of flipped the game from a game in control to a game that was just a complete blowout, which is always nice to see. So, I mean, how much how much more can you really say this defense is just, you know, really good and turning up I think the big difference is turning that you know turnovers and just being hellacious in that uh, effort uh, week in and week out now yeah I mean you look at it and the their ability to take advantage of turnover opportunities now is has really also shifted this team um, and you know between Braille and Allen and that that's that's your that's your your mm -hmm. difference right now and they're playing so well um, those those two inside linebackers I know Pro Football Focus um, put it out there that they are the top two linebackers in the Big Ten um, based off of their metrics. But you, you look at it, those two are duking it out for who's going to lead the team in tackles. I know Chanel has the lead right now um, and after playing the two last games, but Sanborn got, led the team in this game, also we had the sack. Those two both have over 10 tackles for loss. You saw Nick Herbig once again add two more tackles for loss to put his total over 10 as well, and he got a sack. So, I mean, those three are just playing at a completely different level. You mentioned engaged Noah Burks. He's just a different animal right now. He's he's playing really well. I, I think we both talked about him as a guy to watch last uh, week's podcast. But uh, the turnovers, just their ability to take advantage of them, force them. Um, Keanu Benton, another guy just – doesn't necessarily get the love based off of the fact that you look in the stats and you don't necessarily see it, but you look at that, his ability to, to hurry the quarterback that leads to that interception, and, and he's a guy that continues to just do the things that differentiate this defense from a, a basic good defense to 
the best in the country toe to toe with Georgia. So I think this, there's not much more you can say, like you mentioned. This this group, whether it was the starters, whether it was the reserves, you know, played with played with tremendous energy and just took it to a, a bad Rutgers team. Yeah, I think that's really what it comes down to is just this defense. You know, it, it keeps week in and week out keeps doing the same thing, which is really impressive. Um, you just you just have to see this group um, come out and, and play well, play with their hair on fire, and, and sometimes you sit there and at this point you expect that every single week, and if they don't have it, all of a sudden you'd be surprised. But uh, I think the big thing, you know, aside from the turnovers and, and them just being as dominant as they as they were were some of those guys that got in defensively and, and you know, worked really good in the times that they got. So to transition it to who kind of stood out in the reserves, who who in your mind was kind of the guy that um, that stood out? Because I think there was a handful of guys, especially on defense, but offensively there was a couple too that I think, you know, we talked about the running backs a little bit, I, I think really took advantage of their opportunity. Yeah, as you say, the running backs, you know, Acker, Davis, Bortolotti, I thought those were all great stories. Um, you know, hilarious that they're all in-state kids. So, really, you look at that running back room, it is very in-state um, dominated. But then I thought the player on defense, the two guys that really jumped out to me were, were Hunter Wohler, who continues to make plays when he's in there. Um, he, he he just – when he comes in in reserve, reserve settings, he just racks up tackles. Third on the – on the team and tackles in this game, um, and he's just around the ball. I think he's setting himself up to probably be a starter next year um, based off of that. I know we we are uh, infatuated with him as a recruit. He continues to, to kind of blossom and show why he was a four-star kid. But the, but the guy I was most impressed with was Jordan Turner, the mm-hmm. inside linebacker. We saw him a little bit in fall camp, and he looks the part, plays, plays um, fast and physical. But he had a that pretty interception. He dropped in zone coverage and elevated to get it. And then, but the play that was most impressive to me was Rutgers tried that trick play throwback screen um, where they tried to get the entire defense flowing one way and throw it back the other way. And he read it. Um, they had two blockers out in front of that play um, and nobody in the screen. All of a sudden he flew out of nowhere to get him involved, split the, the defenders and was able to, t- to bring him down in front of the first down marker. So that was a play that really kind of shows, hey, this is a kid who could probably be a starter next year, um, depending upon how the, you know, how a, a guy like Chanel d- determines his future. I think Turner's a kid who, who really could have a chance to, to be a special player, and, and I think you put on the tape, and that's that's a play that they're going to be able to point to and say, hey, that's what you want from a, a Big Ten linebacker, and, and I think that that was a, a nice moment for him as a redshirt freshman. Yeah, I think you look at that spot, and you know, you've know you got the, 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 the Chanel and Sanborn situation where, who knows, you're, you're not guaranteed that either of those guys are back next year, so to see some depth, or, or see some guys step up in their opportunities is huge, because Coming into this year, we knew that you were going to see Sanborn and Chanel 99% of the time unless there was injuries, and now all of a sudden you know, you have a chance to see some other guys with at a position that I wouldn't say across the board in terms of Wisconsin football, they don't necessarily have a ton of depth, especially not proven depth there. So to see a guy like Jordan Turner step up is, is huge for the future of this defense, and, and he looks like a guy that could step right in. And I'm not going to say he's going to be Chanel or Sanborn, but he looks like a guy that can play linebacker, you know, inside linebacker in the Big Ten, which is always good to see early in someone's career. Then you mentioned Hunter Roller. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be a stud. We've known that since his high school days, but it's nice to see him out there 
um, and making plays. You know, we've talked so much about Braylon Allen on the opposite side of the ball being a young guy. Hunter Roller was that other exciting piece in that class, and he's he's really coming on strong. So, and and I think when he gets a full time opportunity, is going to be a guy that really blossoms as well. I mean, some other guys that got worked in, um, Ricardo Hallman, James Thompson Jr. has played a little bit um, already this year, but it was nice to see him. I think he's a guy that you can be excited about uh, moving forward. So there's there's a lot. You know, anytime you get these youth movement type games. It's always fun to see some of these guys, and I think all of them, you know, across the board played really well. Nobody had some um, big mistake that stood out where you're like, oh, he's he's not ready to be out there. I think they all um, worked themselves in nicely, which is huge for, I think, like I said at the beginning, the confidence and the morale of this team. Yeah, and, in, you know, in going back and rewatching it, a couple other guys that got involved that it was good to see because we haven't heard a lot of them this year, Caden Johnson. Um, Max Lofi, Daryl Peterson, all guys that got in and, and recorded a tackle in the game. Um, players that, you know, you coming in, you had high hopes. You you wanted to see some stuff from them. To see them get involved was also important. Um, and, and then Marcus Allen, I already kind of, you know, gushed about him earlier um, because I think that he just, he looks the part um, already and physically is there. But then along the offensive line, there was a couple young guys that got in there. I thought Riley Melman struggled a little bit. Um, he played a little high, um, got blown by on a play. But um, the guy who also was, was next to him and I thought looked well was, was Trey Wedding. I thought it was surprising to see him playing at guard um, instead of tackle a little bit. So um, I, I think that the future of the offensive line is to see some of the like deeper reserves. We've we've seen that top ten because of um, the the rotation that happened early on in the year that I'm glad is no longer going on. But to see the deeper reserve pool, some of the younger guys get in there was, was um, nice to see um, as well. I thought that those two guys in particular, as one a redshirt freshman, the other a true freshman, to see them out there earning reps was important because you just don't know what what development arc is going to look like for those guys going into next year if they're players that could maybe give you something. All right, I think that kind of wraps up the Rutgers talk before we get out of the football side of things. Three games left, of course, in the regular season. How do you feel with this team you know, now being on this win streak? How do you feel about uh, the remaining schedule the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the you look at Northwestern, and I, I just think this isn't the same Northwestern team we've seen in the past few years defensively. They just aren't there. Um, offensively, they're still struggle. So I, I, just, I don't worry as much about that I'm hoping I'm not just like jinxing the hell out of them, but but I I think you look at Nebraska and Minnesota those those are going to be tough games especially because Minnesota is at home um, want to run the ball I I I just come back to these are games that the Badgers should win like going into this to this season these are games you should win it's still that way everything's in front of you to potentially take care of business and end up being about where you thought you would be at the beginning of the year. Um, I, I think 10-2 and two is kind of where I had thought they would be to get to be 9-3. and three, It's not the end of the world, especially if you can still go to Indy. So I, they got to take care of business, but I just think Northwestern and Nebraska, especially games at home, that Nebraska game is now a 2-30 game, so it should be a good, good environment. Wisconsin's got to take care of business and, and win these games because the last thing you want to do is is drop one of these when you've made so much improvements over the year to then drop to a team that's not playing as good as you right now. Um, I think especially against a team like Northwestern or Nebraska who are both really struggling um, as we speak. 
Yeah, I, I think this Northwest. I think you see Northwestern on the schedule and always have a, a moment of pause because they can always muck up a game. But I think you look at that at home. You know, if it was at Ryan Field, I'd say you always have to have your red flag up because that's just you know how Northwestern is. But this is not um, a Northwestern team that's that's overly talented in Wisconsin. The way they're playing right now um, should be able to you know, win that game and perform well. And I would love to see them just kind of come out with after the way um, things went last year for them. I think it'd be a nice statement win. Nebraska, of course, you know the, the big news today, retaining Scott Frost, but they just announced um, I believe while we're recording, a bunch of assistant coaches being fired. So who knows how that's going to uh, affect them moving forward. So you think that should be a game uh, that they can handle. Um, and then, of course, the Minnesota one. I don't think this Minnesota game is, is one. It's a rivalry game, so you always have to – it's going to be a big one, and it could be um, one that kind of determines the, the Big Ten West. But I just I – don't, I don't buy this Minnesota team offensively. I think Wisconsin – um, should be able to move the ball, and this defense, that Minnesota offense is just not not very good. So they're all games that I think Wisconsin should win, should take care of business of. You still have to see it, and we've seen this team play down, but the way they're playing right now, I don't see them them falling, but that's you still have to play the game. You still have to play well, but I think the recipe that they're you know, winning games with right now is certainly something that you can feel good about as you go into them. For sure. Should we kind of shift over to the basketball talk here? Yeah, let's go ahead and hop into some basketball. Before we do that, guys, why don't we go ahead and get our ad reads out of the way. So stick with us through a couple of those, and then we'll get into some Wisconsin Hoops talk. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, guys, Wisconsin basketball tips off their season Tuesday evening. It's hard to believe that it's already here, but college basketball will be underway before we know it, and we'll get into a little bit of a preview um, for this season right now. Of course, coming into this year, it's, it's going to be a much different team than it was last year. What are your kind of overall expectations of this season? Because I know there's been a lot of talk, you know, there's been projections anywhere from that seven to I haven't seen anybody put them at the basement, but a lower tier Big Ten team. So what are you expecting from this group this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is going to be a team that um, they're going to get better as the year goes on. But I think that there's going to be games where it might not look like it because they still have to play some of the top teams in the Big Ten. And the Big Ten is loaded. Like, once again, this is a Big Ten that is really talented. You look at the back half of their schedule, they've got games against Purdue. They've got games against Michigan still that they're going to have to play. But 
I think Wisconsin's in an okay place this year. That I th- I love their non-conference schedule in, in terms of how it lays out to give them a, a good burst of tough games, but but also uh, a smattering of games that they should be able to kind of cruise through and and get guys involved and, and try different combinations before they get to Big Ten play. Um, so I think you look at this. This is a team that I think is going to be on bu- on the bubble watch you know, for most of the year, whether it be just inside the, the, the NCAA tournament, just outside the NCAA tournament. I think based on the week, it, it might be fluctuating. Um, but I just think that it's going to be a fun brand of basketball because you, you've you got some guys that are, are just different than what you've had the past couple of years. Um, and, and that's nothing against the players that were here. It's just one of those things that to have guys that, um, you know, you've got a bunch of young players that you know – aren't probably going to be guys who are going to leave early to go to the NBA, that they're going to stick around for a few years. So to have that, um, but to also have kind of a couple key leaders back as well, I I think this is going to be a fun team to watch. But I just – I don't think fans should be expecting this to be a team that's going to finish in the top four like we've seen so consistently in Wisconsin basketball um, recent history. But I don't think that that diminishes – how exciting and fun this team can be, at least in my eyes, because I think it's going to be a fun brand of basketball that it could be ugly at times, but it's going to be really exciting at times as well. Yeah, I think if you ask me, you know, adding the season last year, you know, it was just Wisconsin basketball. I think everybody kind of had a stale taste in their mouth, and rightfully so. You had the off-the-court off issues, but now I, I think you've got this young group, which I think will be hungry to come out, and you know, you've got guys that are going to be competing for minutes, not only this year, but moving forward. So I think you've got a interesting situation where hopefully a lot of that drama is past them. It's not like a lot of those guys from that team are, are back here. You've got Brad Davis and, and, and Tyler Wall, but most of the most of the guys that gave you big minutes last year are gone. And like you mentioned, it's no disrespect to them, but I think everyone was just in need of a breath of, of fresh air and some, seeing some new faces um, with Wisconsin basketball. So I think that excitement is certainly starting to build and, and is certainly built over the course of the off season. And, you know, like I said, when the season ended last year, that's the last thing I wanted to think about was Wisconsin basketball. But as we've gotten closer to now, their season opener, I think this group will be fun to watch. You mentioned there's going to be ugly moments. It's, it's going to be a young team. It's going to be a very inexperienced team. But I do think they will be fun and exciting, and I'm not going to say they're going to come out and, and be world beaters. There's going to be some times where they're not going to play well, and that's just part of you know college basketball, but it's also part of breaking in a new and, and young team. But I am looking forward to seeing what they can do. I, I think expectations are certainly tempered, and we'll talk about it in a little bit where they might finish, and once again, a, a deep and tough Big Ten. But uh, I think overall expectations – you just have to go in and hopefully you can um, you know, watch this team, see how they can develop, see how they move forward, and, and maybe they can make a push towards uh, you know, making the, the field in March. I think, like you mentioned, they'll be right on that bubble watch, but that isn't necessarily a knock on this team because I think going into the, this year, expectations are, are somewhat tempered to kind of be around um, you know, that type of area. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is going to depend on a couple players, um, some of their young players who are going to be getting a ton of minutes. You look at the development over the course of the year for a guy like Chucky Hepburn, who is probably going to be the first point guard since Devin Harris to, to start as a true freshman, which is, I mean, that's really good company. Um, and I don't necessarily think he's going to be the player that Devin Harris was by the time he leaves Madison, but but you never know. Um, 
but then then you also have Stephen Crowell. Those you know your seven footer and your point guard. The way that those two develop over the course of the year, I know there's a lot of other players that are going to play key moments. Um, you've got Johnny Davis. You've got some other guys who are going to be still tr- attempting to get better as they go. But I just think how those two players develop as the season progresses will really determine how this team looks and and, and how they finish in the Big Ten. And I, I think that transitions us nicely into how they finish in the Big Ten. I think I was trying to think of the over-under of, of where they finish in the Big Ten standings, and I, I felt like the consensus there. Some team, you know, some places, some outlets had them in that 10-11 range. Some, I, I think the highest I saw out there in terms of, you know, preseason predictions was like seventh. So I'll put the over-under. Where do you think this team finishes over-under eighth in that Big Ten standings? I think they'll, they'll uh, finish um, – past that mark. I, I think they'll be ninth. I, I don't, or or maybe tenth. I think ninth is kind of the sweet spot, though, because that's the spot that if you're finished ninth in the Big Ten, there's nine or ten teams who are going to be most likely getting into the big, the big dance based off of kind of history and what this Big Ten looks like this year. I mean, you've, you've got three or four teams at the top who could possibly win the, the Big Ten and, and be a top seed in the Big Ten or uh, in the NCAA tournament when you've got guys like Illinois, Purdue, um, and Michigan uh, all battling out, Ohio State as well. So I, I think that there, it's going to be tough to kind of crack that top six or so because there's going to be some really good teams. But I wouldn't be surprised anything in that 7 to 10, 11 would make, would make sense to me. Um, I just think about ninth is about right. Yeah, I think so as, as well, and that that's not necessarily a knock on, on this team. Like you mentioned, there's some really good – the Big Ten year in and year out is, is really strong, and I think you're going to have that again this year. So, you know, being in that, I'll say, middle tier of the Big Ten with the 14 teams isn't necessarily a, a spot where you're going to see a really bad team. So I'd probably take below that eight mark as well, um, but I still think this team can be competitive. It's just this league is deep. I mean, last year it was deep with Michigan – uh, Illinois, you're going to have you know Purdue, you're going to have that same thing, and of course the teams like Michigan State always in the running. So it's a quality conference. You know Wisconsin's going to run into some games where they're just they're, they're the, the other teams just got too much talent and they're better and and they're going to lose those games. But I do think you're also going to see a team that is going to be super competitive and and you know, I think playing hard and sometimes they'll pick up some maybe some wins and some upsets they're not supposed to. So. Landing in that you know that nine ten range is by no means a knock, but I think probably a fair assessment with where this team is at at least right now. Yeah, absolutely, they've got so, talent. In terms of the rotation, we saw of course the exhibition with Whitewater, UW Whitewater, got a little bit of a glimpse of where this team is going to. You're going to have a I think a fairly deep bench in terms of trying to figure out who's going to get the minutes at least early in the season as they get, you know build towards Big Ten play. So. What do you expect kind of the starting, you know, the starters and the rotation to look like, um, at least as the season gets going? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's going to be a fascinating part. Even Greg Garden, his game after that Whitewater game, talked about he really liked how versatile his team was and that he had a lot of different guys who can play um, multiple positions, which kind of helps him as he – you, you kind of go against various different teams throughout the season. But but I think at point guard, you're going to have Chucky Hepburn. I just think there's a reason they didn't go out and bring in a pure point guard in the transfer portal. They trusted what they had in him, and he's going to be the guy behind him. You probably are going to have Lauren Bowman going to give him some extra minutes um, as well when he needs a break. But, but then I, th- I think 
when you're looking at the star, other starters beyond Hepburn, you, you've got Brad Davis and probably going to be rolling at the two. At, at your other wing, you're probably going to have Johnny Davis. Um, you're going to have Tyler Wall at power forward, and I think Stephen Crowell will be the guy who gets most of the minutes at center as well. So I think that's a solid starting five. Um, I, I think that you you got to hope that they can shoot the ball well. I think that's going to be an Achilles heel of this team potentially. Um, but I think that's overall a starting five that can hang with a lot of teams. Depth-wise, I think they could maybe go like 10 deep. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised by that. I think Greg Gard mentioned that he wants to, to use players and that he feels like they have he has got a lot of guys who can contribute. Um, be, behind the guards, I mentioned Warren Bowman. I think the other guy, Jacoby Neath, I think he gives you something where he can help you out at, at both the two or the three as a, as a six-foot-four um, guard. Um, how he kind of fits into the equation, what he does um, this year will be fascinating because he he shot so well as a freshman at Wake Forest, but then really struggled last year with shooting. Um, but he's a guy who can get to the foul line. He's also um, very athletic, so kind of seeing what he does. Um, behind Johnny Davis, beyond Neath, I think the other guy to watch is is Carter Gilmore. I think he's a guy who could potentially um, kind of stabilize them for a little bit. I don't know if he's a guy who's going to be playing major minutes throughout the year, but I do think he's going to play a couple minutes here or there. And then um, there's just a glut of different forwards beyond. You've got um, Vogt, who will be your backup center, lanky dude. And then you've got um, um, Carlson, who I'm I'm really excited about. I think that as he gets stronger and and kind of more adjusted to the physicality of the Big Ten, I think he's a guy who can really help you out as well. So um, and then Marcus Ilver, who I think is just a guy who could be kind of um, the X factor or the wild card here this year. That if if he progresses nicely, I think he's a guy who could help you out at a couple different positions as well. So I, I think you like the rotation, but I do think it's probably going to be a little bit bigger. Um, than what you might expect just because I don't think there's a giant gap between some of the starters and what you have on the bench. There's just a, a, a difference in the age in a, in a lot of them. So kind of seeing that and the development of some of these guys what might shake out what it looks like at the beginning might be very different than what it looks like towards the end of the season. Yeah, I think that the, the progression throughout the season of which guys are getting minutes is going to be fascinating to watch. But especially early on, I think you're going to look at and you're going to see uh, a lot of different guys, you know, getting some some quality reps and and who takes advantage of those opportunities is part of the reason why I think this this season will be fun. Is because like I said earlier, there's a lot of guys that's going to be competing for minutes and trying to to get on the court and stay on the court. So I, I think in terms of the starting five, that seems I don't want to say it's nailed down, but that seems like the most likely scenario. And then you've got a lot of reserves that can certainly work their way in. I like that you mentioned Marcus Ilver because I think he's the guy, he is that that wild card that if he plays the way you, you see that he could play. Um, I think he's a, a guy that could really give you something. I think Warren Bowman, I know we haven't really seen him yet, but at that second guard position is certainly interesting. And then, of course, you've got both the Davis brothers. It's going to be interesting to see how a guy like Jordan Davis works into the rotation with, of course, his brother Johnny Davis being you know, maybe the go-to guy for this team. So it's going to be a deep rotation. It's going to be fun rotation to, to kind of finally see some of these guys getting some minutes because last year, you had all those seniors that took up the minutes and some guys maybe got worked in, but really this roster is a lot different from what you saw last year. And it's going to be fun to see what this group can kind of bring uh, throughout the season. For sure. Should we get into some, some different statistics? Yeah, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll do our leading, uh, who we think was going to be the leading scorer, rebounder, and leader in assists. 
Um, in terms of a scorer, I think there's a couple – I think there's a fun scenario. Is like if if Brad Davison was the leading scorer for this team, do you think they would have a good year or would it be maybe a, a concern? Because I think I've, I'm thinking of with this group, young – I think this could be a situation where if, if he was the leading scorer, maybe they're they're forcing it and playing it through him a little bit versus if you're you know, if Jonathan Davis was your leading scorer, I think maybe you've had a year where the bo- the ball is getting shared around. So in terms of leading scorer, I think there's a few different guys where you might have someone be the leading scorer, but all of a sudden you're like, Okay, that's a concern. I think Brad Davison might be in that ballpark. So who do you think is gonna lead this team um in, in that department? Yeah, that's a good question. Like I think maybe it would be a concern just because mm-hmm. We saw what Brad Davison did when he was a freshman, and it kind of just fell on his shoulders, literally fell on his shoulders as it was popping in and out of socket. But you look at this, I, I think you want Brad Davison to be a complimentary 3 and D guy. Like you want him to be able to come in. If he can kind of even a couple percentage points on that three-pointer, get that a little bit better, closer to that 40-point range that we've seen him get, get to before, I think that would really help this team out. But he's been a pretty consistent about 10 points a game guy. If he could get you 11-12, I think that's all you need from him when you also take into account what he does on the defensive end and as a leader. Um I really think that the leading scorer is going to either be Johnny Davis or Stephen Crowell. I think those are the two guys. Crowell, because he is your probably your best scoring big inside. I think he, he's he got some skill in there. Um, and then Johnny Davis, we know what he can do. Um, and I think the ball is going to be in his hands a decent amount. So I, I would go lean towards Johnny Davis just because I think it's in Wisconsin's best interest for him to have a really good year. Like Wisconsin needs to crack this narrative that they can't develop guys that are going to be playing in the league. And Johnny Davis is their best chance at that for a, for a couple of years. So you want him to have a really big year. It's in Johnny Davis's best interest to have a really big year too, right? Like so, I think that he is the guy that is going to have a good year, um, and I think he'll lead the team in scoring. Um, but I also think that that Crow is the guy who could contend with him. He might still be like third behind Davison and Davis, but I do think that he is going to be a guy who might surprise this year just based off of he's going to have post touches, he can hit from three, he's he's going to have opportunities in this offense. We saw Wisconsin's forwards and Micah Potter and Nate Reavers do well in that situation. I think Crowell is a guy who's going to benefit from those touches as well. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned both of those names because I think that would be really good for Wisconsin basketball. I think you'd have a better season if those are the guys that are leading you. Not to knock Brad Davidson, I just think if Brad Davidson's your leading scorer, it might be turning into, like you mentioned, his freshman season. I think about, I think back to like Jordan Davis, or, or excuse me, Jordan Taylor, um, a few years, oh, I guess a while back now, but where he was kind of forced to be the entire offense and throwing up shots. If Brad Davis's leading scorer, it might be a situation like that. And versus the other two that you mentioned, I think Johnny Davis is probably the odds-on favorite because he's he's. I think just the most talented player on this roster, and the ball is certainly going to play through him. But um, I, I think that would really be a, a good offense if, if one of those two guys is leading and then you've got some complementary pieces around him. So I totally agree and, and hope that that's what you can look for in this team. Um, in terms of rebounder, I think that's maybe an interesting conversation as well because you've got a guy like Tyler Wall who I think could be have a really good year um, just because I don't know, you know last year with all those seniors how well he really fit. I think he maybe fits a little bit better with this roster. So who do you think is the guy that's going to be leading on the glass for this team? 
I really think it's going to be a committee approach, but um, I do think that there's a couple different names. I, I wouldn't put it past Johnny Davis to, to potentially mm-hmm. lead this team in rebounds, too. He, he was very active on the glass last year um, and was able to do some nice things. Now having a full um, allotment of minutes as a starter, I think he could really blossom as a rebounder as well. He's got good size and athleticism. Um, but, I, but I do think it's going to be either – Maybe Tyler Wall or Stephen Crowell. I think one of those two. I'll probably lean towards the seven-footer, but but Wall is just so crafty and does so many um, good things for this team on the court that that you want to pick him for one of these awards um, mm-hmm. or one of these projections. But I'll probably go with the seven-footer just because I think opportunities are there, and um, he, he's a guy that I, I think will have the best chance to get there. Although Ben Carlson's another guy that if he plays a lot more minutes than than you know your standard sixth man, I think he could also get there as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of names on this roster. I, I would love it to be a guy like Tyler Wall. I think he could have a really big year, like I just kind of mentioned, where he fits better um, and, and has a little bit more of the load on his shoulders, and I think he'll maybe thrive in that situation. But I think Johnny Davis could be a pick that is, is, is sneaky as well because he's he's clearly athletic going to have some opportunities there but there, there's a lot of bigs and a lot of forwards on this roster so it could be a handful of guys I think committee approach is likely the most or the most likely outcome uh, in terms of a scenario how about in terms of assists who do you like in there because I think kind of similar to the scorers certain guys if they're leading this team in assists might uh, make this roster construct and, and the development um, a little bit better I think it's going to be Chucky Hepburn. I, I think mm-hmm. he is going to be a guy who's going to have a solid year. I, I think he's he's very talented. He, his his stockier build kind of reminds you, and now that you've mentioned Jordan Taylor, kind of reminds you of that. I don't know if he necessarily has um, that that ability to take over a game and score like Taylor did late in his career, but he could get there. He did it in high school, but he could get there. I just think right away he's going to be a distributor, be able to help and keep this team going. Um, he's just so smooth with the ball. He led them in assists in, in only um, 19 minutes against UW-Whitewater. I think that's going to be the way that this goes, just because when you have Johnny Davis with the ball in his hands, you want him to score, and Brad Davison is also going to be a guy who's, who you want to take threes. So I don't know if they're going to be the guys who are going to be your, your um, distributors, your assist guys. Yeah, I think the assist category is going to be really interesting, but you have to think, I mean, you're based on – the, the the guard, the point guard position, he's likely going to be a guy that is there, and he's not going to have to be a you know a top scoring option. I'm sure he'll get his points, but I think he can kind of step into that distributor role really well and, and be someone who can give you that outcome and, and not have to be a guy that's scoring the basketball consistently because you've got Davison and uh, in, in the day and jo- Johnny Davis that way. You've got some of the bigs that I think he can just kind of focus on being the distributor, and, and I don't think that he would shy away from that role in any sort of way. So I think that's a, probably a, a good odds-on pick as you move forward in that one. All right, so to wrap things up in terms of um, – the Wisconsin basketball talk. What is your kind of the main things that you're going to be looking for in Tuesday's opener? Who emerges as, as your scoring threats? Um, just I, I think shooting is is still going to be one where I, I'm looking to see how does this team look from from three. Um, just because you've got a, a lot of turnover, you've got a guy like Tyler Wall who's not necessarily a big time three point shooter. You've got a guy like Johnny Davis who's emerging as a three-point threat, but he, that's still not his game um, at this point. And then you've got a lot of young guys, right, like Chucky e. Hepburn, true freshman, and, and kind of how that fits in. So three-point shooting and then 
just those young guys. How does Hepburn, Ben Carlson, and Stephen Crowell look? I think those are the three guys to really watch for this year and see how they develop. Um, as well as maybe does a guy like Marcus Ilver get in the game? Lauren Bowman, does he get opportunities at both the one and the two? Um, or is he just limited to backing up um, Hepburn? I think those are the kind of the nuances that I'm going to be looking for. Yeah, I think that's a, a very good takeaway to look for. Of course, we've talked about a little bit also, you know, just the rotation, which guys are getting minutes, which guys are really looking and, and taking advantage of, of those minutes and those opportunities as well. I mean, again, it's a, it's a young team. They're going to be competitive. They're going to be hungry. So who kind of steps up is going to be a, a really fascinating conversation to have. All right, guys, that wraps up another episode of the podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed a little football talk and a little basketball talk. Of course, we'll recap um, the the action from Tuesday night on the basketball side as we get ready for the Northwestern contest later in the week. So, as always, thank you guys for listening on Wisconsin. Thank you.